0: Morgan's drinking, she's checking the goalkeeper! Off the post and in The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large, and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought, and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap or men's game league in soccer. 11 times. Rapinoe gets a cross in. It's towards Wobbe. Oh, can you saved the USA's life. You are listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera, only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 22 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Podera, and thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Of course, for all the latest news, analysis, merchandise, we have so much going on for the World Cup. Go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram, at Girls Soccer Network. Our Twitter handle is at Girls Soccer Net. We have a Facebook page. We have our YouTube channel as well got a lot of great content we've got this mini doc series we've been releasing on instagram and youtube as well one of our writers hannah interviewed a different player from a wide variety of different countries at the world cup being represented and we've got different videos out you know obviously we'll get to brazil getting in the round of 16 later on monica was one of the people who hannah spoke with you've got emily javi of norway you've got a couple other big time players so you definitely want to check that out and of course for more here you can always ask siri to play give and go to subscribe to this show as well so make sure you do all of that to get the latest subscribe here so you are always up to date with the latest episodes for give and go again i remind you we are here in los angeles this is awesome man be out here and to be able to work with the girls soccer network team on a more face-to-face basis it's been great you know in terms of the progress that we have been making we're excited to continue to do that as the world cup starts to go through the knockout stages and as we continue moving on into the future so without further ado you know we have so many topics to, to unpack from the world cup from the nwsl as well but we start with the end of the group stages and some dramatic, dramatic results that we saw here that I I, I don't think many of us would have expected. The first was Scotland. Very, very unfortunate to have a three-goal lead blown like that to Argentina. I mean, no one is expecting that, especially considering Argentina had not scored a goal leading up to that point in their first two games against England, against Japan, I mean out of nowhere really Scotland if you have to really ask yourself if you're giving up three goals in 15 minutes do you deserve to be in the competition at that point and the, and they were one of the teams that I had getting out of the group stage you know when they pretty much would have done it they would have gotten their on goal difference as one of the third place teams if they would just been able to secure that lead but unfortunately not. And the other incredibly close call was Chile, who needed three goals right against Thailand to advance. Hit the crossbar on a penalty that would have sent them to the next round. And you just have to think and feel for that penalty taker. That's one she's going to think about for quite some time when you hit the crossbar on a goal that would have sent you through to the next round. Granted, the last team that got through was Nigeria instead, and we'll get to how that matchup went down. We've got a couple of round of 16 matchups to talk to you about to go over, and then, of course, we'll get into the rest of the bracket, which is incredibly exciting as we move forward into the competition, the business end of the competition, really. Of course, the first marquee matchup was Norway against Australia, had the makings to be one of the matches of the tournament, and it absolutely lived up to its billing. Sam Kerr did not have it on this particular day, and for whatever reason, it's happened like this in the past too. You've seen it in the NWSL. You've seen it in the W League. Anytime it's a big game and and trophies are on the line, the ball just doesn't go in the goal for her, and and it's very, very surprising, and and you can't really explain it. You don't want to make excuses or speak for the players so you know you just know that the Aussies are absolutely gutted you can see just all over social media how every single one of them are heartbroken and they had an opportunity you felt to go far in this tournament but going back to the group stage I mean you could just tell that that loss to Italy really sets you back and and they wouldn't have had to have played Norway in the round of 16 that that's a pretty tough matchup to kick it off in the knockout stages so if you're the Aussies, you have to be a little frustrated with how the outcome of that game went because it was a winnable game for, you know, both sides had chances, but Norway I think really proved that they had that little bit extra. Alana Kennedy gets sent off, so you know, Norway probably deserved to win that game. Take nothing away from from what the Matildas did, but Norway Caroline Graham Hansen was driving at players, making everyone's life miserable for the Aussie backline, who tended to let themselves get a little too stretched from time to time. So the Matildas, a definite trendy pick to go far, did not end up going very far. And out in the round of 16, Norway will face England. And they also had an interesting piece of controversy that we will get into with that match in just a quick second. But first, we have to talk about very briefly, Germany handling their business against the Nigerians with relative ease. 3-0, no questions. Jennifer Marazan has a broken toe. Her toe's messed up, and there's conflicting reports. Some are saying she's out for the entire tournament. Some are saying she could be back in time, depending on how things go with the recovery. So, I think that's interesting how if she's back, if they can go to a semifinal final and they have her, that's critical and they need to be thrilled with, with their side of the bracket, and we'll get into that. But, you know, if you're Germany, Alexandra Pop came in at just the right time to come through for her team, was phenomenal as the captain, and they got the results that they needed. Again, as I just briefly mentioned, England against Cameroon. Again, you, you're expecting England to advance, handle their business. Cameroon not happy with some of the VAR calls. Again, VAR playing a huge role in this World Cup. And definitely something to discuss later on, but my goodness. I mean, what can you say about the way Cameroon acted in this match? It's not acceptable. The way that that Cameroonian player pushed the referee, shocking. You will never see that in a match ever. You should never, ever see that in a match ever. We're talking about spitting a hard tackle on Steph Houghton. You're looking at some really controversial moments here. And look, the correct calls were made, albeit some tough ones to make. Ellen White is onside, and then Cameroon's player is probably about a leg offside. It, it's tough, and it's hard. And of course, you have a right to display some emotion, but you cannot let it get the better of you when it spills out onto the pitch. That's where we have to draw a line here. And that was not acceptable, especially when you're representing your country. Like, this is the world stage everyone is watching. And you saw numerous people on social media talk about how young girls are watching this. And that's not how you act out on the football pitch. And that is exactly what Phil Neville said after the game. He did not mince words. He said it didn't feel like football to him. And rightfully so. It's a World Cup match. It's the biggest competition in the world. And this is how we're acting here. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So now that England have handled their business, they will take on Norway. That will be a tough, tough quarterfinal matchup. We will get to that. The last round of 16 matchup from the weekend, France and Brazil, I got to say... Brazil did about as well as they possibly could have in this one. I mean, really, hats off to Vidal and the rest of this team. They really, really did everything they could. You could really just sense, though, that now this is the end of a generation, finally. Marta, will she come back for another World Cup? Probably not. Formiga at age 41. Could she do it at 45? Probably not. That would be crazy if she did, right? But no, that's probably not happening. So you're looking at a changing of the guard for Brazil, a match that was winnable enough for them. Luckily, VAR came to save them. It saved them twice. So the first one on a goal, France did end up getting a goal through Gauvin, who who put herself on the line on a 50-50 ball. It, it was a goal, and it got overturned. So that favored Brazil. And then later on in the second half, Taísa gets a goal, and... She was initially called, Dabini was called offside on the wing, and they looked at it again, and they correctly changed the call, and that's the one instance where, all right, we got it right, because she is very clearly onside, and that would have completely changed the outcome of the game. So, in the end, Amandine Henri gets the winner in extra time. The captain has done it all for them this tournament, and I mean, what, what else can you say? It was not the prettiest performance. Brazil did what they do best. They frustrated the French, but the hosts with, with the crowd behind them were able to get it done. And so now they move on to the quarterfinal and await the winner of Spain and the United States, which we will, of course, get into right now because here we are, the knockout stages. You've got, as you mentioned, Norway is about to play England in the quarterfinal. France is awaiting the winner of tomorrow's matchup, right? Which is so crazy that they decided to do it for us on the West Coast, it's going to be the morning matchup. For people on the East Coast, it's going to be a more like an afternoon, lunchtime type of matchup. A big one for the United States against the Spanish. And these two have met before. They played back in January in a friendly, and it was only 1-0. Spain did well to keep things defensively very, very tight. They were compact frustrated the United States but again this is when the United States were coming into the new year and were showing a ton of rust they really did not look like themselves so for the United States uh, this is an interesting matchup I think Jennifer Hermoso will obviously have to be at her best Spain's biggest issue this tournament has been scoring goals and if they can't do that against the United States then they have literally no hope whatsoever so Jennifer Hermoso has to do it up top for Spain Otherwise, they are in deep, deep trouble. They are capable 13th in the FIFA rankings, okay? They, they can do it. They play good football. They pass the ball around nicely. But do they have it in the final third to beat the United States? I don't think so. This is a fully winnable matchup. We are in all likelihood going to see the death lineup. We see Hurt, Ertz, Mewis-Haran. We saw Lavelle in the match against Sweden. Who knows, maybe it is Lavelle again, and maybe we see Pugh come in as a super sub. That'll be very interesting to see um, in this matchup. But again, I expect to see Heath, Morgan, Pino, Muis, Haran, either Lavelle or Ertz, but hopefully Ertz. And then you have Dahl Kemper, Sauerbrunn, O'Hara on the right, Dunn on the left, and Aaron goal. Right, that's what we're looking at. So that's hopefully going to be the lineup for the rest of the tournament moving forward. And you look at that side of the bracket, and as mentioned, before we know how it's going to go, they beat Spain, they have to play France, and it's looking like, look, if if the United States can make a statement again and win by multiple goals against Spain, I think based on how everyone has looked so far in the tournament, the United States have been the best team, and there's no denying it. And I really hope that they prove everyone wrong and just run the gauntlet and smash everyone because that'll prove me wrong for sure. I have them losing in the semifinals to England, but that could change. They beat Spain. They, as long as they can beat the hosts, right? In what will be a testy affair. If they could do that, I think they can beat England. England were not entirely convincing against Cameroon. You know, they've been solid at the back. They've maintained their clean sheets, and they've been getting the goals that they've needed. So they haven't been overly impressive themselves. So overall, that side of the bracket is by far, by far the tougher one. And and Norway is an interesting wild card at the top there. If they can take out England, oof, that would be... a that's going to be a great quarterfinal matchup moving up top there because Norway really like to keep slow things down, make it a grinded-out matchup, and, and put pressure on you on the counter. England like to possess, like to pass the ball around and build it out from the back. So contrast and styles, Phil Neville has done great up until this point. Can he refocus them for a big match in a quarterfinal that could potentially go to extra time and penalties? That will be the key matchup there. Now we move... To the other side of the bracket. Italy and China at the top. (sighs) Man, I mean, just overall, this whole side of the bracket looks beautiful. If if you're someone like Germany or Canada, the Netherlands, right? You are feeling great if you can get past this first game. Italy and China, that's almost a toss-up. I mean, it could really go either way. Two defensively like-minded teams in that they make sure that they defend first. Don't expect a lot of goals in this game. It could be 1-0. It could be 2-0. I think the Italians are the favorites here. I think they should advance. But the Chinese are more than capable of nicking this game and make it 1-0. And moving on to the next round, I would take the Italians. We've had them as a pick to go far. And I think they will make it to the quarterfinal. Moving on to the Netherlands versus Japan. Wow, what a matchup. That's got to be one of the best of the round of 16 for sure up with norway and australia and then sweden versus canada but again this one could really go either way japan if if you really had to put your money on a team it's going to be japan they have a knack for advancing in these competitions their style of play just is really well suited for what they do tactically sound don't make mistakes they don't beat themselves they don't turn the ball over and when you can do that and you score you're set. You can win a lot of games and have success in big game competitions. They keep their nerve. Do the Dutch have what it takes to just, you know, they have the firepower to be able to blow past Japan. But do they have the ability to execute with that star power? That's going to be the key for them. I like the Dutch. I've, have, I've had them going far. I think they can get to the semifinal. But the winner of this match, Netherlands and Japan, is likely going to get to the semifinal depending on who they face, being Italy or China. Of course, we talked about Germany and Nigeria already. More to come with the Nigerians. That'll be later on in the show, along with some other news related to the World Cup. Last but not least, Sweden versus Canada. This is, again, another one of those matchups that could really go either way. But again, don't expect many goals. Canada likes to catch you on the counterattack. They have the speed on the flanks. And Sweden really just like to keep it compact. It's what they did against the United States. They kept them out for, you know, obviously they scored early the United States within those first five minutes of that matchup. But, you know, for a while there, they really kept them out and did a good job, you know, to keep them from creating any clear-cut solid chances so Sweden we know what they're capable of and they can execute that same game plan against Canada I actually like the Swedes to take out Canada in this one another popular dark horse pick I just have this weird feeling like Canada is gonna get clipped but could be wrong I would love to see a Canada versus Germany quarterfinal that would be something special that would be truly something special and if you're looking at who wins Germany versus Canada, right? That is the team. Whoever wins that matchup could be the team that gets all the way to the final. So, so many possible scenarios that could play out here. That's what makes this so much fun, but that's how the knockout stage is currently looking right now. So we'll see how, you know, the rest of this goes as the rest of the week plays out. I believe the quarterfinal will be on June 28th, which will be later this week and of course our next episode will be around right when the world cup ends so we'll see if the united states are in the final you know july 7th is that sunday when the final is we'll see if they are in it and that would be great to be able to have a celebratory podcast commemorating and honoring this u.s women's national team because if they were to get it done right i think it's safe to say you're looking at the greatest team of all time But that's a discussion for, you know, we got to put that on the back burner. We have no idea how things are going to play out right now. So the knockout stage, the best part, you have things like penalties. Now we have VAR being put into the equation. That is a discussion, again, that we will all have later on towards the end of the show. Now word from our first sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, coach George Nahorski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born, focusing on player development the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. All right, we shift our focus to the NWSL back in action, of course. Despite, you know, we still have the FIFA window going on, so you've got friendlies. So even more international players are still away, even if they aren't playing at a World Cup, right? So you've got even more depth being tested across some of these rosters here when you take a look at how it's been going for teams with everyone gone at the world cup like this past weekend it's been a rough go It, it really has you're looking at portland and utah fighting it out to a nil nil draw you're looking at the spirit and the dash playing it to a nil nil draw you're looking at orlando and Sky of Blue, both converting penalties, right? And then you also have the Pride winning on an own goal, which was pretty surprising. So overall, nothing really major to chime home about in terms of overall results from the NWSL. Not much has changed in terms of the standings. So, you know, Washington can can maintain their lead. Of course, what was interesting in last week's showdowns within the NWSL, Amy Rodriguez continues to tear it up and continues to play at a high level. What more could you say about her and and what she's doing at this level? A future Hall of Famer, you would like to think, for what she's done for not just club soccer but for the US Women's National Team as well. She's really done it all. She is a Hall of Famer. So, I really believe she deserves to be in that discussion for how consistent she's been. And take a look at the goal that she scored last weekend. I mean, wow. I think it was the number 1 goal in on our top 5 list which you can check out at www.girlsoccernetwork.com but what a career for Amy Rodriguez and as she continues to play she's only going to continue to pad those stats add to her resume so I only think it's 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 only a matter of time before she gets to that Hall of Fame level status. One other major point here while you know all the craziness has been going on one move that I love that has been made Chicago the Chicago Red Stars trading for Savannah McCaskill you want to talk about a a big time power move here in in terms of Chicago saying this is our opportunity this is our time to go for it and and we're going to go for it And, and that's exactly what they did. McCaskill is currently starting her first ever game in a Red Stars shirt against Reign FC. I was about to say Seattle, but it is Reign FC. Nil-nil currently through 70 minutes, so it's looking like, again, not many goals about to be scored there. You overall look at what that move does for Chicago. Adds another wrinkle to that offense, so you don't necessarily have to rely on Sam Kerr. If there's one thing that we noticed that was true during the World Cup, it's that she needs... The service. If she gets the service, she scores the goals. And Savannah McCaskill is one of those players that can provide that service. And I think even though she may not have been playing at her best for Sky Blue, she's got a real opportunity to develop and get better in Chicago. Because, again, it's it's Sky Blue. The brand is in in a tough situation right now overall, the organization, and what you see Sky Blue as. So anything in terms of her development, could be stunted. And I think it's just a much better situation for her out there in Chicago. So she's going to do really, really well. And it's going to be fun to see how that trade works out, but it just gives their attack even more teeth, and it makes them a tough proposition. So they're going for it this year in the NWSL, so that's what's going to make this season so great to watch down the stretch. Now we're from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, orthopedic sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym, getting feedback directly from parents, players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.CompressionInMotion.com and check out the T25 Knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. Alright, so we move to the social media news lifestyle portion of the show and we got three major topics to discuss. The first being... The U.S. Women's National Team getting the opportunity to mediate, and they've decided to have a mediation with the U.S. Soccer Federation about equal pay after the World Cup. And this is huge thanks to, in part, a report from the Wall Street Journal that took a look at the U.S. Soccer's financial statements and reported that women generated $50.8 million in the three years following the 2015 World Cup and game-related revenues, which is nearly 1 million more than the men did. So, there you go. It's been settled. That stat right there is all you need to know, and hopefully, right, this could be the first step, a huge major step in getting on the same footing here. And it starts with the Americans first, and it will set a precedent. So... That's why it is so huge that this gets put through. So this mediation that's going to occur post-World Cup, hopefully, that's why there's even more motivation for, for them to finish as champions. If they can do that, then they can really leverage negotiations here. And I don't see any issues with this equal pay getting pushed through now that we have legitimate evidence that they are making more money than the men did in terms of game related revenue because again we we've been looking at different stats in terms of money for years now trying to compare this but that report from the Wall Street Journal was huge in opening some eyes so that's the first thing that we wanted to talk about and that will be huge coming up after the world cup the uh, second thing that was a bit of a disappointment was the fact that The Nigerian women's national team did not receive unpaid bonuses back from 2016, okay? And they're here at the World Cup not having received their pay. They did not trust their federation. And this is very common. This has happened before with both the men's and women's program in Nigeria. And they've had issues within their confederation. And the fact that players aren't getting paid, I mean, that's just, that's not right. Players were missing flights players were staying in their hotel rooms. It was a very crazy situation, but eventually I believe they did decide to go with the team. I'm not sure exactly how the situation was resolved, but crazy situation. I believe the men's team, Ghana, had a similar situation at a World Cup. I believe it was two World Cups ago where they didn't receive their match bonuses despite getting eliminated. So yeah, this was the 2014 World Cup. So... I think it's a tough situation when these players who have fought tooth and nail don't get their due because of Federation officials either being greedy, being corrupt, whether just the overall organization is not being run properly. There's all these issues right now with certain countries that unfortunately lack the infrastructure. So the Nigerians, the fact that the women have to go through that um, is a tough one, but They've handled it with class. They've handled themselves in this competition very well. They can be very proud of what they've done to get to the round of 16 as one of the last teams. But it's not a great look for this to be happening to the Nigerians at this stage. Hopefully, some improvements are made in the future going forward for the Super Falcons. This whole VAR situation, we kind of kind of have to talk about it, right? I mean, it is its own entity right now that is being used in different ways we've seen the benefits and we've seen the disadvantages of it and what's crazy is we're seeing the disadvantages of it more than we're seeing the advantages and while correct calls are being made on a more regular basis it just doesn't necessarily feel like the way things used to be. It's just there's there's all these stoppages. Sometimes it's it's really just like a harsh call that may or may not have been called in the flow of regular play without VAR. So it just makes this whole situation so tough. Like for me, when you're out there on the pitch, like it's so different from all the other sports where we have review, right? Because it's like basketball, football, you're looking to see the minusculest of details whether the hand touched the ball. Did it go out of bounds? Did it not? You need to look at it as closely as you possibly can. Whereas, and the players are involved in that. They know. Whereas, how is a defender who is standing 15 yards away from an attacker supposed to know that by one heel length that they're keeping that player onside? Like how, or how are they, how is that attacker supposed to know that they are about half an inch off on some place? Like, that's the thing. It's getting more and more subjective and, and that's what's making this so difficult and one of the other key points here is I've, I've seen players like Jess Fishlock bring up a tremendous point. We were all jumping all over VAR but it's not VAR's fault, it's the implementation of it and that means that the referees have to be better. We thought that implementation of this would solve for our poor refereeing issue, that was not the case. Like, it's still the implementation of it because referees are using it to change their minds. And that's where we get into the subjective issue, because they can either look at it or VAR can look at it. So you're looking at two different scenarios here. You've added stuff, and, and this wrinkle makes things very, very interesting. So you never know with how this situation is going to play out, but it's going to evolve. Hopefully it gets better and it gets improved, and right now it's been fine but it will continue to impact more and more games and as the importance of the games grow right because we're getting to the quarterfinal, semifinal final this var situation is going to be a very very interesting one to keep an eye on we'll see how it impacts the rest of the tournament hopefully it doesn't determine a champion that would be unfortunate that's not what we want with the implementation of this technology we want it to just make the correct outcome so hopefully from here on out That's exactly what happens. That's what we're hoping for. All right, that is it from me. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of Give and Go. It has been an absolute pleasure. Again, you can check us out on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Spotify, Give and Go, Girls Soccer Network. You can also check us out on the website as well. We have a Give and Go tab. And again, you can subscribe through Siri as well. So make sure you have it on all those avenues. Again, thank you guys for listening. By the next episode, who knows? The USA could be world champions back to back. We never know. Let's go. I believe that we will win. Peace out, guys. See you next time.